Check, check. One check. Sixty show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host Steve Mattis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxis Tires. Coming at you. It's Thursday, January 18th, noon Pacific. Noon, noon. Thank you for listening. History being made this weekend. Round three of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. Supercross Triple Crown. We will have three main events in each class this weekend. We've never had this. In 1985, the series went to two main events. I think two 12-lappers. And then they did the scoring in a... In a um, in a Olympic scoring, and uh, that was how they determined the winner. And we are not doing that now. For the first time in Supercross history, there will be three main events: Olympic scoring to get the main to the overall winner, and then that overall winner gets assigned the point twenty six points according to the new point structure that is now in Supercross. And uh, wow, yeah, it's crazy, man! Three main events; they are all short eight. 12 and 15, I believe, were the three times for the 450s, and uh, 6, 10, and 12 maybe in 250s or something like that, and uh, yeah, so that's it. All the qualifying is done during the day, and all the LCQs are done during the day, and when 7 o'clock comes, uh, the night show, it will be six main events. Crazy! 702-586-7857. We are going to take your calls, give some stuff away on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. We are going to talk about this Triple Crown format. We're going to talk about what we saw in Houston last weekend and much more on the show. We appreciate you guys listening each and every week. We're, we're live, and we will be here all year long. Fly Racing. Hey, have you checked out the latest offerings of Fly Racing Casual Gear, everybody? Uh, yeah, they make much more than just moto gear. Stuff like the Blitz jacket, uh, stuff like the hoodies, the T-shirts, things like that. Uh, don't miss out on our expertly woven hoodies that will keep you warm while looking stylish for all the times you're not at the track. Flyracing.com or a fly dealer near you. Uh, they got a whole line of casual wear along with the mount- moto stuff and the mountain bike stuff and the snow stuff and everything else. And also to get, get, get. It's uh, basically works parts for your production bike. Uh, the factory Yamaha Monster Team of Barsha and Webb use it, among others. Uh, the Get ECU generation, the L- RX1 processor is extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OE systems. Like I said, Barsha and Webb are using it, and JGR guys are using it, and it's all over Europe. It's LCGPA, the launch control system developed by Get Engineers. Pro Taper, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky using Pro Taper, JGR Suzuki. Running Pro Taper from Bradshaw back in the day to Jason Anderson now, who's your points leader. 
ProTaper can be trusted to provide revolutionary products that continue to set the industry benchmark for all others to follow. And uh, we thank the folks at ProTaper. They've got a whole line of hard parts under their website. You'd be surprised at the cool stuff they make. And Maxxis Tires. Yeah, you know Maxxis is for your um, motorbike, of course. But besides that, did you know that Maxxis offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike? And much, much more. Maxxis is the tire company people. Let uh, let Maxxis Tires hook you up, pull the whole shot, and beat your competition in any terrain or conditions. Ask the King, McGrath. Learn more. Visit Maxxis.com, M-A-X-X-I-S.com. I think we are going to try to have MC on this show at some point here. Uh, the great Jeremy McGrath will join us at some point. Thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires. Please Google them, Maxxis, or Google them. go to the website, Maxxis.com, and look at all the stuff that those guys make. Uh, all right, Jason Thomas and Paul Parabinos will um, join us today on the show and uh, taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down over there in the corner. The Tits Legendary. Hey, Steve. What's up? What's up? What did you think of the race? I was very bummed out for Marvin. Uh, I actually had to step away from the race. I had some buddies over that were watching oh, it. And huh. they, when I came back, I said, anything happened? They said, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, they were kind of rewinded, and I was definitely bummed for him. Um, so much for Stady 80 Marvin on being consistent, right? Well, and then Tomac, right? Um, not even making it into the, not even starting the night show. Dino. Dino. Weimer hasn't started yet. Yeah. You know? But, it, yeah, it's tough. Surprisingly, there's still, at least in my opinion, still a lot to look forward to. Maybe that something crazy is going to happen to these other guys, then we'll be right back where we started, and we're all into it. Uh, in the 250s. Like as, far, oh. as far as Roxon yeah. and uh, well, Anderson. How surprised are we that Roxon got caught by Anderson? Um, I was neither surprised nor not surprised. That is such revisionist history. It's bullshit. I, I, I don't remember, to be honest. I don't remember how I felt, so... <laughs> <laughs> Take that. I don't remember how I, I felt. I don't remember how I felt that he got caught. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for your input. Just being honest. Yeah, with I know. You. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Let's You're get welcome. let's get our next guy on the show. 702-586-7857. We're gonna give away a set of Pro Taper grips. Yeah. Any kind of grips you want. Full waffle, half waffle, uh little pillow ones, uh hard, medium, soft, compound. ProTaper.com. We're going to give away some grips to a lucky caller. And also a Fly Racing Goggle Garage bag. Uh, holds five or six pairs of goggles, lenses, and roll-offs, and whatever. And it's all got a nice little inside liner to not scratch anything and all that. So it's real something, real something cool that you could easily uh, put your goggles into, take to the track, and uh, and rock, rock it with that. So uh, let's get some phone calls. Uh, Nick, what's up, Nick? How are you? Uh, pretty good. Um, so I called the Pulp MX show on Monday and asked you about the uh, the gate picks and the order for the last main events, and you answered that on uh, the Racer X Facebook page, so I want to say thanks for that. Um, but I was calling right now to ask um, on the uh, the Olympic-style scoring, um, if we have a tie at the end of that, what's the tiebreaker? Is it the final moto? Yeah, the final, final, main final main event is the tiebreaker. Okay, cool. Yep. So, all right, man, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting this weekend to talk about A2 and more on the show. He's from Fly Racing. He's a German Supercross champion, everybody, like Tyler Bowers. Uh, Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you doing? Not too bad. I'm actually in uh, Southern California. I'm here a little early, so, um, yeah, I'm ready for A2, that's for sure. I'm excited for this weekend, man. It's. Are you really, or are well, you faking it? No, I am. I am. It's a brand new thing. Brand new. 
I am too. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not as excited as I was for A1 just because A1 is A1, but I am more excited than I was for Houston. <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if we're going to see wild, crazy results. You know, the guys are what they are, even even for that eight-minute main event. But um, I think there will be some randomness thrown into these results. I think having just having six main events between the two classes is going to be awesome. We're just going to get a lot more action, you know, and the fans are going to get a lot more for their money, I think. Are you with us on the 450 LCQ stuff? Should have went first? I think so. I, I can understand the confusion argument. I don't know that it carries a ton of weight, but I can understand it. Um, but I do think we're getting sold short a bit. Cause I do think it would have been a nice addition to the action. I just – I think that in the in the spirit of people understanding and not having to explain everything, mm-hmm. I think they decided to go against it. But I do think it would have been better for most people to have it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Shell, Jason Thomas on the line. JT, we're giving away a Fly Racing Goggle Garage bag. And, of course, Tits knew all about it and broke it down for us. Exactly. Tits probably has several of them. Yeah, exactly. So, Goggle Garage Bag. We're going to give away to a lucky caller today. 702-586-7857 and some Pro Taper grips as well. Uh, all right, JT, let's go to the phones here. Kirk has a question. Kirk, what's up? Thanks for calling. What's your question? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, hey, question is, um, in the, I know we're only two races in, but I'd want to curious who, which uh, rider's position you'd rather be in right now. Would you rather be Jason Anderson going 2-1, passing Kenny, really both races for the win, or would you rather be in the position Kenny's in, second in the points with everything that happened uh, last year and all that, and knowing he's comfortable on the bike and has a chance for the championship? I'd rather be Jason Anderson. I don't have an arm with some question marks. I have gone 2-1. I have the red plate. I'm looking great. Uh, I would much rather be Jason Anderson. JT, what about you? Yes, I I think so. Um, You know, the real question is, is, I think whose ceiling is higher, and I think that's the where this question arises from because I think we're seeing the best of Jason Anderson right now, but I don't think we've seen the best of Kenny. So I think Kirk's question is more of long-term, you know, who, do, who would you rather be? Because I do think Kenny's going to continue to improve. You know, we saw him get better in just one week from A1 to Houston, uh, and if he gets much better, he will be winning races. So it's an interesting question. I think I would go with Jason Anderson as well, just because he doesn't have any issues to really deal with. He's just going racing, where Kenny's still working through some things, and maybe he's going to hit a, hit a plateau here, or maybe he'll continue to get better and, and start clicking off race wins. Kirk, I was pretty surprised that Kenny got caught. Were you? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I mean, it's obvious he's not Kenny from last year. Uh, Adam, Adam, one of your shows was really building up Kenny to be invincible right now. Yes, and I, yeah. so I was expecting maybe a little bit more flair, but he just looks a little, little stiff, maybe a little unsure in yeah. certain rhythm lanes and stuff. But um, I think that's going to go away with time. JT, that's odd. Seven Deuce Deuce, like building up hype like that. That's odd. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. I, <laughs> I was not that surprised, honestly. Uh, I didn't think that he had um, the most speed I've seen out of him at, at Houston, really, at, at any point. Um, I, I just, after watching the heat race where Cole could seemingly pull up on him at will, it seemed, he could make a move, and, and I don't know how aggressive he was willing to get with him in that heat race. 
but I just didn't see the the killer instinct, and I haven't seen a killer instinct from Kenny yet that has been kind of his trademark over his career, and especially last season at the beginning of the year. So until I see that out of him, um, I'm going to think he's still a bit vulnerable. Uh, thanks, Kirk. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, Fly Racing Motor 60 Show. JT, we had a bit of a debate on Monday's RacerX uh, podcast race review about uh, Kenny, whether he got tired or not, or whether, you know, Anderson just got quicker. I kind of went with uh, he looked a little bit winded to me. And that was uh, based on an observation I heard from somebody at at IM1. And you said, no, you know, like just Anderson was on it, found some better lines, and and Anderson uh, uh, got it going. And I got a text from someone. Close to Kenny, let's leave it at that, <laughs> and said there was no way that Kenny got tired, and uh, and he gave full credit to Anderson figuring out some stuff, and, and that Kenny works way too hard to get that tired. So, um, yeah, so there we go. Let's kind of settle that. Yeah, how, do you, how, how much do you attribute Jason being able to catch him late as knowing that Kenny's still not 100%. And, and, you know, Kenny may say he's 100% or whatever, but I I don't firmly believe that yet. I think he's still working back to getting 100% both mentally, physically, subconsciously, all the aspects, because you look at a year ago, that guy was, I mean, he was he really was on a on next level from everyone in the first couple of weeks. And he's great right now, but it's still not the same yet. So I guess my question to you is, in the back of Anderson's mind, was he able to say, yeah, he's, he's not the same guy. I should be able to catch him here where last year, maybe he wouldn't have thought approached it the same way. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, this goes to the Marv Anderson thing. Alden Baker telling Wygant that there is no feud. Anderson just feels like he could win this year. And so can Marv and they want to ride separately. Uh, they don't want to ride together anymore. And there is no feud. And my response to that is, what, Anderson, did Ryan Dungey look unbelievable last year? Hell no. He looked, Dungey looked as vulnerable as he's ever been. Uh, he barely won any races. And to me, I thought last year Anderson should be like, yeah, I can win. I can win this. You know what I mean? But and, do, you, do you, you know, so, yeah. Go ahead. Do you think that he looks at him a bit differently than he did a year ago? Mm, I don't think so. I, 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 I do. I, I don't think so. I, I think these guys, think, you know are trying as hard as – at the elite level like that, they're all in great shape and they're all pushing as hard as they can. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, think but how, how can you view the guy the same exact way as a year ago? It, it, the second round of last year versus the second round of this year, I don't think there's – I don't think it's realistic to think that Jason Anderson views him in the same way because just look how much has gone yeah, on. Yeah. You, know, you know all the, the trauma he's gone through, and well, he's he, not he, the same rider yet, he, in my opinion. Well, he may – yeah, no, you're right. He, he may not view him the same. But out on the track, I don't think that comes into Anderson's mind like, hey, man, like Kenny's not the same guy. Like, I can get him. You know what I mean? Like, they're all pushing. Uh, I, would, just, him, I would disagree. Yeah. I really would. Okay, let's get to some more calls here. Uh, Paul Parabino is coming up later from Pro Taper to, uh, to talk about – actually, JT, let me bring up one thing with you. So, for people who don't know – uh, the the eight, fast eighteen in both classes qualify for the night show for the three mains, and then mm-hmm. there will there will be an LCQ for four spots uh, shortly after the last practice. There's three practices altogether. Only the last two are counted. JT, if you go off that last week at Houston, uh, Bichelia and Reed and Miller are just three guys that did not make the fast eighteen going into into the night show. And if they're doing that again. 
They're on the line for an LCQ where anything can happen once you get well, in the first turn. And just imagine if EY and Dino are back, too. That's two more guys. Yeah, Dino, we think he's out, right? No, I think, I think Dino, uh, Paul was saying he's the most likely to race, according to, to, to Paul. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and Eli, sounds like Eli's racing. He's riding again today. So, yep. sounds so like, add in two more guys, yeah. Yeah, so, like, we could have an LCQ with some big names because uh, our, our guy Chad just, he has not been the same. And uh, he hasn't had that raw speed. He's still, you know, everybody knows about the ankle and everything else and the limited time on the bike. But we could see some big names in this LCQ. Yeah, I, I think so. And some of the guys that were really on the bubble that um, that have a chance at their first maybe ever main event or possibly, you know, even in the future, this may be their best shot, these these triple crown races to make a main event. I think you're going to see those guys go for broke um, just because they couldn't beat Chad Reed in a race ever. Yeah. Uh, One-lap sprints are not Chad's forte, really, especially at, at his age and with the injury. So it's going to put pressure on those guys. Uh, I I think it's going to be tough. And, you know, Dan on our uh, Pulpamex fantasy podcast was saying that Chad really wasn't trying to get a lap time in, but I watched him pretty closely and he was trying, you know, it's tough for him right now because he, you know, he's so far off his game, but I mean, he was going for it. You know, it's not like he's going out there and riding around Uh, on the laps. He was doing his qualifying lap. He was trying, you know, as hard as he could. He just doesn't have the speed yet from, you know, sitting off, you know, sitting on a couch for a couple months and all, all the issues he's dealt with. Uh, but I, you know, I think the big story will be Chad. And if he comes out and puts a decent lap in and qualifies 12th, then obviously the story goes away, you know, very quickly. But I think that's that's a big storyline going in oh. is will he be able to withstand all these kids that they they honestly are zero Fs given for one lap. So I think that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Politelli out-qualified him. A-Ray yep. out-qualified him. You know? and you got to think those guys, they have youth on their side. And Chad's the wily vet, right? But yeah. you, usually youth is a really tough thing to beat in a one-lap scenario. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. Speaking of fantasy supercross, Dale, what's up? You got a Pulpamex fantasy supercross question? Yeah, it's about uh, since they're, they're taking the top 18, having an LCQ, uh, when are picks going to close uh, after that LCQ or before? Yeah, we, we dealt with this on our fantasy pod yesterday. It was a lot of debate, Dale, a lot of debate. People have lives, though. People live in all sorts of different time zones who play, and people have lives and stuff. So what we decided to do was make the picks after the LCQ. So you already know the main event guys. So if you're in and you're playing serious, everyone will pick the four guys, four guys that are in the main event. Um, just because we felt like, okay, if we did it after the last practice and before the LCQ, it's about 15, 20 minutes where everyone's got to try to find time and maybe they're out with family and maybe they're at a hospital and maybe they're working. You know, so that wasn't fair. And then if you did it before the qualifiers, well, that changes, that changes things up for guys in sorts of different time zones and things like that. So, yes, it's it's easy because you'll know who's in the main event, but the scores are still vary, you know? So right. that's how we're doing it. We're doing it uh, just at, like normal right before the night show. It closes. Awesome. Yeah, I, got, uh, I got some of the guys at the shop to sign up for the championship league, and then uh, we ended up doing our own, and one guy wanted to do the Schmarim uh, Schmay TV league, and yep. I said, no, 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 no. Nice. We're doing pulp. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. No, those yep. guys run yep. a do both. Do yeah, both. yeah, those guys run a good league. They're just it's a lot easier. It doesn't take a lot of strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's fine. It's great. It's top yeah. five in a random wild card. But 
for me, yeah, no, this, yeah, this one's awesome. Right. Thank you, man. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, JT, we just couldn't quite decide on lockouts, and so we got it to work. But um, I think it's. I think we're doing it the best way. I, you know, I, I could make an argument for both sides yep. if I was on, you know, first take or something. But I think uh, I think we made the right decision. Well, if you're on first take, just start yelling, just start screaming. Well, if uh, I was on first take, I would be just swimming in cash. So yeah, I'm all in on that. Good point, Anthony. What's up? You want to talk about the shorter mains? Or I'm sorry, the triple crown. What's up? Yeah. Um, question was just kind of for both you guys uh, with the 250 class always kind of being a little hectic with results um, and then all the parity in the 450s uh, which which class do you think is going to have the most variance and finishes what do you think JT which class do we see like a 614 win win the damn thing I think the 250 for sure because there are so many uh, possible winners in that class Uh, we know we've seen two different winners so far and I think we're going to continue to see that I think Cincerillo is due for a win. Savachi's due for a win. Um, I think even Oldenburg could get in that mix. Uh, if you know, I just think we're with a series that has five or six plus potential winners, um, and just being the 250 class is always chaotic. We're going to see. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised to see three different winners this weekend. Do you think JT anybody goes one one one? It's possible, and if if it happened, I would think McElrath would be the guy that did it. Oh, I'd, but, I'd say Anderson would be my pick to go one one one. Yeah, I just like I like McElrath's starting ability. Um, you know, and you look at his performance at A one. I mean, he he was just rock solid all uh-huh. all night. So I don't particularly think Anderson's going to do it because I don't think he's going to nail the starts. He's really erratic with his starts. Maybe not terrible starts, but if. In that eight-minute main, if he starts eighth or ninth, it's not going to happen. So um, I, I don't predict that in the 450 class by any means. Uh, Anthony, do you want a fly racing goggle uh, garage bag or a set of grips from Pro Taper? You know what? I would love either, but I don't ride anymore. So oh. I would, I'd, rather, I'd rather you guys give it to someone else I who like can that. use it. I like cool, um, yeah. Well, while, while I got you guys on the phone, I meant to call into the Pulp Show. Uh, JT, my dad and I had an opportunity to go to Indy uh, a couple of years back and do the VIP tour just with everyone saying so much about it. Uh, highly recommend it. You treated us great. So thank uh, just thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for the words. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, Anthony is gone. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Boys, hope all's well. We are good. What's going on? So, good deal. Um, so, uh, quick, uh, quick course change, and uh, so Plessinger. Um, yeah. Obviously, we saw what he did crazy last week. Here's my thing on him: is if he can somehow, which I, I hope he doesn't, because I'm friends with two of his adversaries at this point. But um, if he could somehow survive until the break and be within five or six points of that championship. Dude, that's your champion. Because look what he has afterwards. He has Indianapolis. We know that's going to be nasty. Seattle, that's nasty. Salt Lake, that's nasty. Now, I don't think he's going to survive this weekend or Glendale or or San Diego. He's going to do something crazy. And and plus, oh, yeah, you actually have to get a start every once in a while. Good luck with that. But, dude, if he can somehow do that, that, that's that's your champion. Uh, not, not, Not bad reasoning, huh, JT? It's not, you know, um, but at the same time, just because he gets to that point, look at Salt Lake last year. I mean, he, that was his race to win. He was gone. Yep. Race over, yep. and he throws it away, crashes in the whoops. So right. uh, yeah. I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, it just seems like he's prone to a mistake at any any point with no real, you know, reason to point to. I think the, 
There's no doubt that the two fastest guys, I'm just talking balls out one lap speed, are AC and AP in that class, I would think. Uh, JT, who wins peak AC balls out versus peak AP balls out? Uh, I think I like AC for the the one lap deal. Yep, just yeah. just all out, right? Yeah, I think he he's more times than not over the last year and a couple of races now he's been the fastest qualifier, both indoors and out. He's always at the top. If he get if he gets beat out, he's second. You know, he's right. always there. Um, all right, thanks, Brian. Thanks for the call, man. See you guys. Enjoy the mystery. Hey, JT. If there's one guy, and we've talked about this uh, in the off season. If there's one guy that could pull off a surprise podium or even win in one of these shorter races, I'm going Brayton. I'm going Justin Brayton. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much of a surprise you want to do. I could see Barsha easily winning, uh, like yep. the eight-minuter, no problem. Sure. Um, you know, A1, he was he was on his way to doing that. If it had been that, had been the first main event. So I don't I don't discount your Brayton pick by any means. <clears throat> um you know these guys. These guys have got to be just licking their chops for that eight minute. Or guys like Pike, if he could get a start, um, I mean that's a big deal to win a race like that. Yeah, getting fifth is awesome, but winning is is a whole different deal. And even if it's not the overall and you get the points, it's still a huge deal for your sponsors and your team and all kinds of. Oh things. yeah, so, yeah. No, that's I what think, I like uh, about this for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think in both classes you're going to see guys going for broke in that first one at least. All right, dark side. What's happening? What's going on, man? How's, how you doing, JT? What's up, Jamie? Not much, man. Um, Jamie? So my question is, that, is, is that Jamie's? Yeah, your real name is Jamie. Yeah, yeah, it's my alter ego. Okay, all right, dark side. All right. Yeah. Um, so with this format change and a couple of the major guys out, who steps up this weekend? I, I feel like Pike or Sealy. It's time. Yeah, I just is said. Not, yeah, I just talked about Braden. J, JT said uh, yeah. Pike or Barsha. Sealy could do it. Sealy was amazingly good. <laughs> Uh, like the improvement from A1 to Houston for Sealy was was massive. So if he can bring that level yeah. again, he will be in the mix. Super weird though because Sealy's strength is Anaheim dirt and Anaheim. Yeah, but he, his only win is is at Houston. So. Yeah, but I don't think that Houston wasn't the Houston dirt we saw. You know. So well, yeah, sometimes sometimes just cities are magical for people. Oh you know? yeah, they just yeah. have a vibe about them or whatever. Yeah, Winnipeg is magical for me. Manitoba. Yeah, at least for somebody. Uh, Darkside, do you want the uh, fly racing? I, can can he win, JT? Or no, because he man, let somebody else have it. I, okay. I've got enough stuff for you guys, so right. yeah, let somebody else have it. All right, thank I appreciate you. that though. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, see ya. Tits was shaking his head no right away. He, he, this goggle he, he, he garage gotta, is like the it's like the 450 Supercross title. Nobody wants it. Yeah, nobody wants it. <laughs> He's got a fly racing discount deal, so oh, tits is not. Yeah, just not having that. Not at all. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Mike, what's happening? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Max's Tires. Hello? Hi. What's up, bro? Hey. Hey. I think congratulations are in order. It's a big weekend for you. Not only do you have nets, but you got a change in the Supercross format. Yeah. You uh, took the soapbox to a new level. (laughs) I have been screaming about changes for so long. But to be fair, I know some of the powers that be. Uh, Mike have also wanted to change the format for a long time and change things for a long time. So um, I know it seems like it's you know my thing, but I, behind the scenes they've been trying for a while. I'm happy. I can't. I can't complain. I just want to see how this works, and if it doesn't, go back. But let's try this. Let's see if it peaks interest, changes things up a little bit, and makes it the sport better to me. So 
I agree with that. Well, what I wa- wanted to do was give you a suggestion for your soapbox to, to stand on and run with. I know you've talked about this a bit in the past, too, is is getting the, the stars of our sport in the premier class. It's uh, especially now with the couple injuries we have, we have really zero star power in the, the premier class. Um, just no personality either. I think there's quite a few more in the 250 class. And honestly, there's probably – 10 guys in the 250 class that could could be right outside the top five on any given night in the 450 class. Oh, I don't know about that. That's a bold, I I would, that's a bold I claim. I don't know if I would agree with that. I just think they're not really performing because Kenny Roxon has he has personality coming out of his ears. Cooper Webb's another guy. He's just not really riding very well to get in the spotlight. I think there's a lot in there. We just need we need the guys with that personality to, to rise to the top. And as far as the the 250 guys performing at a you know the level of the 450 guys that's a completely different animal. Um, I, I I think your eyes are lying to you about what you're seeing because the the bike makes a huge difference as far as what they're able to do on on the track. I I, I agree with you there, but I think a Christian Craig or an AC or an AP could easily line up in the 450 class and get a top 10. And I think there's a Zach Osborne and yeah, top 10 a whole is a lot of star power. No, top top, 10 oh, that's what I'm saying. Subject. Yeah. Outside the top five. I'm not saying they're going to come in and battle with the big four, but um, to have them in the 250 class chasing wins is, is kind of silly to me, especially when these guys, some of them are in their late 20s now. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been saying it. Let's get, let's get, here's my, here's my suggestion for that, for that class. Either they're half pregnant right now. Either either push everybody out like it's supposed to be. Stop changing the rules midstream so Savachi and Marty and Osborne can stay down. Stop doing that. Or make it wide open. And who cares? Uh, Jason Anderson could drop back down uh, in next year if he wanted to. Just make it an east-west, wide open, no rules, whatever. Do something, but the way it is right now isn't working. That's, that's, I'd be happy either way, Mike, with either one. No offense to A. Ray and Antigdap and Ted's, but if they're making mains back to back, that's that's showing you that there should be some more uh, star power. I think in the the 450 class. Yeah. No. All right. Well, man. until until the TV changes and the money changes, you know, which you guys know, none of, none of that's going to happen. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's, that's Steve on his soapbox right there. Well, I got yeah. the berm restraint systems going. Oh, that drives me crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. I appreciate the support. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Firm restraint system. Uh, Steve Mathis nets. Jared, what's up, man? You got a question for JT? Yeah, I did. I was just listening to you guys the other day on uh, the Pulp Fantasy show, and I heard JT said that he had no business being out there in reference to Ronnie Ford. And Ron, I'm, yep. I'm an old writer that I still have some delusions of grandeur about how fast I am. So I'm just wondering how far off JT is from, like, qualifying for Maine and how will he do? How, how much training he'd have to do to get out there again and do it? With two weeks of with two weeks of riding, JT could topple Ronnie Ford easily. No. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I could do it right now. I think he could probably oh. do that right now. Okay, right, right now? now? in my street clothes. <laughs> really? Yeah, okay. he didn't jump the finish line until the last lap of the last practice, bro. I would do it the first lap. <laughs> but, dude, it's about. been a long time for you. It's been a long time. So, just, just you know. Just Did you? It. Oh, my gosh. Okay, a, a week. One time. week. What three times? Twelve three. seconds. <laughs> you go down the start straight, make a right, JT, and double the finish line. Is that what I you're saying? I would jump everything on a supercross track within five laps. Like it's maybe some 
super sketchy rhythm, maybe not, but yeah. all the main jumps. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I, 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 so anyways. So did that get them into the main event? No. No. No, no. No, no, no. I couldn't, I couldn't do whatever it is, six minutes plus one lap hard. My heart rate could, but I would, my arms would literally fall off. Night show, night show was 102.6, JT, um, Chad Cook, Josh Greco. Are we okay. in that range, night show? Um, I, if you gave me a bike I was used to in a week or two, I could make a night show, yeah. Okay, all right, there we go. So. Okay, well, I won't follow the Ronnie Ford path to start. Listen, nothing against Ronnie Ford. He's a nice guy. But this someone is the highest level of racing we have. That, right. that he he is not to me. He should not be out there with those guys. He's just not that. He's just not on that level. And it's not a personal attack. It's just reality. He was 15 seconds off the next guy. 15 seconds. That, that's enough. That's proof right there. I mean, that's all you need to really say. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Feels like we're picking on the guy, but I mean, yeah, on. and I don't, I don't want it to be like that. I would, it, it could be anybody. Just insert a name in there. If you're 15 seconds off the guy in front of you, and you know you're not doing the jumps, I just don't think this level of racing is really what you should be out there doing. Uh, all right, let's go to Eric on three. Question about the track for JT. What's up, Eric? What's your question for JT? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. I just wanted to, I'm well. I just wanted to ask a quick question. So. Like, A1, that dirt, I mean, I was watching at home, but I've been to Anaheim a few times live. That dirt was a little more moist and ruddy and didn't have that usual shine on it. But since then, I believe they had a monster jam, and now we're going back for A2. How much different, JT, I read your, uh, I read your column on Racer X today, but how much different do you think the track's going to be this weekend in terms of hardness? It'll definitely be affected. Um, you know, they've had some rain in between these two rounds, which will, which will help. Uh, but you could definitely tell, in, in my years when we had three Anaheim rounds, you could definitely tell the difference between A1, A2, and A3, and A3 being the worst of those. Uh, so I don't think it'll be terrible by any means, but there will be a difference for sure. It'll be a little bit harder, a little bit shinier at night. Um, you know, just the the pliability of the dirt will go down a little bit. Um so whatever, it's not going to be the end of the world, but I think you'll be, they'll be able to notice a little bit, yeah. But you know what I mean? The whole thing about it is these guys are so used to California dirt anyway. This is what they practice on, you know, literally 15 miles away. So it's probably not a huge deal for them, for most people. But me, coming from Florida, I could tell a pretty big difference. Yeah, I just kind of wonder. I think it ups, like, it helps out guys like Seeley. You know, I feel like he's going to probably ride it a little better. And I know Chad's injured, but... He's always so good on that concrete at Anaheim. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to sort out the fancy picks. You know how it goes, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we hear you. Um, you want a goggle garage bag or a pair of ProTaper grips? What do you want? Man, it's not your lucky day, boys. <laughs> I retired a long time ago, so I'd like to do a pay it forward on this. Okay, we'll do that. No problem, Eric. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you it. Imagine this All happened right. to Oprah when she, when she was giving cars away. Right? Chris, do you want goggles or a garage bag? Dude, I, I want the garage bag. Thank God. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. All right. And I still ride. I'm busted up, and I'm still riding, dude. Fly racing, uh, goggle, garage bag going to Chris. What's your question, man? Uh, it's two-part. First of all, I know people called it about the burn restrict system, that's all that stuff, and all the changes, and kind of give me a little bit of credit. They're not you deserve all the credit, but I just want to say thanks for giving the platform for all of us to get there and voice our opinion on it. I've had bunch of buddies who just stopped watching it 
because it's gotten so boring. Really? You know, they just they stopped yeah. watching. Oh yeah. Wow. I used to go. We had a crew that went to Atlanta every year. And it's like I'm not going anymore. It's just boring. Huh. Dude. Okay. Not doing. So one guy pulls away and gets the win. Every once in a while, there's a real yeah. race. Maybe this weekend I'll get him back in because it, it, I think it's going to be awesome this weekend. So I'm super pumped. On. I think it's really good. Uh, so I'll give you some what's, your, there, what's your question, man? Thank you. So the question is this Mookie situation. I love that guy. Man. He's awesome. He's a personality that, you know, I think the sport needs. Um, I heard him say something the other day that he's having trouble getting a ride, and he's hurt because of somebody in his camp. And I can only imagine that's his dad. Uh, I'm not sure. But if so, what is it that he does that the team don't want him around or whoever it is? Well, the, is it? well yeah, the dad has been – Big James has been pushy at times with the teams and, and you know, the pits are pretty small, man. So word gets around, um, over the years, uh, not so much with Malcolm, but with James, um, you know, whether there's a tire situation at JGR or is a two stroke situation at Kawasaki or whatever, um, you know, he's been difficult to deal with at times, according to these teams. So that gets around. And, and with, when you have somebody who's super good, like James, you look the other way, but Malcolm, as great as he is, isn't James. So then you could just go. You you wonder if it if it's worth the headache, you know, of dealing with a parent. But um, you know, Coy Gibbs and Big James got into it a bunch and gnarly, and yet Coy had no problem giving Mookie the fill-in rod. So you know, yeah, Mookie seems Mookie seems to be his own guy for sure. Yeah, seems to have the yep. ego, which no, for sure. Coy will be there this weekend, and then you know, Big James will be around. So I'm interested to see you know how that goes. I think it'll be fine. So. Uh, I hope they keep him on, man. He has a good personality and he does. brings a whole lot to the sport. He does, man. Thanks for the, thanks for the call. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, tits to get your information, and uh, you win the Fly Racing Goggle Garage bag. Thanks, Steve. All right, no problem. Uh, Shenzi, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Long time no talk. Hope, hope, hope all Long is well. Long time no talk. Yeah. Uh, I'm delayed here in DC anyway, so I got time, and the app worked and everything. Good. Quick good. one is not my not my question, but regarding Ford, no, there's no way, no way. It's like so dangerous. It's like having a private pilot wanting to fly a seven four seven with 300 people in the back. Like the guy is yeah. dangerous for himself and everybody else. But my question to you too is, what's happening at Yamaha? So Webb is not performing. Seems that still has his problem or his challenges, might not be the bike, now that we see the way Barsha's riding. So is Barsha becoming, if this weekend, again, Webb is not there, is mm-hmm. Barsha becoming number one? Is Barsha staying yeah. not for sure the full year? Is, I well, mean, all their money is on Webb, but... I would, I would guarantee you Barsha's there the rest of Supercross, and I talked to somebody at Yamaha, and I said, what are you going to do? And they said, we'll have to build a third bike. If David Millsaps comes back, so oh, wow. they've already yeah. just said it. You know what I mean? But but JT, yeah. what do you think of what Shenzi had to say? And do you think Davey comes back at all? I, I don't think Davey comes back. Um, I actually I hope he doesn't, just because I don't think that he's got a lot to gain midseason and being knocked out for eight minutes and some of the issues that I've heard he's dealing with post concussion are aren't great. Uh, oh, wow, but as far as okay. Yeah, as, as far as Cooper goes, I think they have so much money invested in him, they have to still make him the priority. They've got to get him on track because they have such a financial commitment to him. So I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's only been two races. And, yeah, he hasn't been really good at either one of those. But, honestly, last year he wasn't good either until we got to Oakland and the track was really soft and then he shined. So I don't know if that will be the case again. But it's not a whole lot different than last year. 
he had a, a wrist injury that he was that he dealt with this offseason. He got hurt at Jacksonville at the MXGP. So I think it's too early to draw hard conclusions on him. But to answer your main question, I think they have to make him and his success a, a huge priority just because of the financial commitment. Well, contract yeah. here too. So going forward, you know, who, yeah. they, who they want. So I could already see them re-signing Barsha. I really can. With two, with two races, I know that's crazy talk, but he's so much better. You know? I know, and he's throwing this up if they don't, kind of somebody poor. else will. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, somebody else will. Thanks, Shenzi. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Appreciate Cheers. it. Bye. Uh, Jason Thomas on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Paul Perbino's coming right up. Let's rapid fire some questions, JT, before Paul, and uh, we'll see if we can get some. Uh, uh, David. David, what's up, man? How are you? Hi, how are you guys doing today? Good. good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for asking. Uh, so watching, you know, watching the race again, the, the main 450, uh, I noticed Barsha held off Anderson for pretty much 10 laps. And if it wasn't for that triple uh, after the finish line where he had to double, yeah, how much longer could he have held off Anderson? And, and would Anderson, he obviously probably would have eventually passed him, but would he have still been able to charge as fast as he did towards Kenny if, if it was, say, a little bit later on in the race? Because... You know, that was already almost at the halfway point uh, what do you before think? Barsha made what do you, that mistake. What do you think, JT? Well, I think it was a matter of time because mistakes are typically caused by some sort of external influence. So, you know, when when Barsha made a mistake, it was because of the pressure he was feeling from Anderson. You know, when he made his big mistakes, he was the other big mistakes he was trying to pass Sealy back. So I don't think it was something where he he made a mistake and that's why Anderson went by and that's why I beat him. I, I just think it was uh, just a natural progression of Anderson moving towards the front. Uh, and it wasn't like Jason needed um, every single lap to catch Kenny. I mean, he caught him. I'm not sure exactly what lap he got by him on, but, I mean, he got him and had some, some room there to deal with. So I never really saw any urgency from Jason at all. I think he was assessing the situation uh, pretty well. I think he felt like he had speed to burn uh, on some level, and he methodically moved his way to the front, uh, which you know we haven't really seen it from him very often, but we've certainly seen it from others in the past where they feel like they've got speed, they're not going to do anything stupid, and, and when the time's right, they're going to move their way to the front and, and win the race, especially on a tricky track like that where it could bite you. So... Um, to me, the Barsha mistakes were more forced than they were just happenstance. And I, I think Anderson was the rightful winner, and I think he would have won whether he had to get really aggressive, which is, is his M.O., or he could just let it come to him, which he did. All right, perfect. Hey, uh, thanks for the call, David. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thank you. JT, thanks for your time on the show. No really good stuff. We will see you this weekend at, uh, at Anaheim, too, man. Thanks. Okay, see you guys. All right, flyracing.com. Please check them out. Uh, the F2 Carbon Forge helmet is crafted to adhere to strict safety standards using MIPS while incorporating Kevlar shell construction. Weston Pike runs this helmet, as do the Fly Guys. It's right off the shelf. Uh, so we thank those guys as well. And to the get it's production or works equipment for your production motorcycle, that little orange box on the front fender that you see on so many teams here in, and in Europe, uh, it's get the little get product. It's, uh, it's a, gets you in the perfect RPM range to get the best start of your machine. Thanks to its bright LED that is made to be an RPM dashboard. Barsha is using Get and killing it right now to start the year. And Pro Taper folks, we love those guys as well. Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, the JGR Suzuki guys. Remember, they, they were the first ones to come up with a handlebar with no crossbar. 
absolutely blew everybody's minds. Uh, so they started that, and from that to the Fusion Bar, the one-third waffle grip, the Twister throttle tube, just a few examples of how Pro Taper continues to push the limits. And Jeremy McGrath helping Maxxis out uh, developing a new tire for them, and uh, Maxxis.com, the best tires for your bike. But did you know that Maxxis also offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike? And much, much more. Their mountain bike tires are really good, people. Maxis.com. Please check them out. Let's get to our next guest uh, on the show. He is a former national championship winning mechanic. And I can't say that. Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? Hey, Steve. What's up? You think, okay, how, before you got on, we were talking about this. Um, How long would JT need to beat Ronnie Ford in qualifying in a supercross? Um, I, he could do it as soon as we hung up the phone. Okay, all right. So JT said street clothes, so you're with that. All right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. Come on, you're that's. that's I, a, I just I wanted to give insult to JT. <laughs> I wanted to give him a couple days of riding. You know what I mean? Like no, you don't. I don't think he needs them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so all right. I'm comparing him to him, dude. He hasn't ridden a bike for a long time, so I gave him a couple days. But he says no. He said yeah. twelve seconds. I mean, I think I think uh, uh, Ronnie Fold, Ford is an older gentleman, yes. uh, two stroke, yes. and I mean, uh, I I think I've looked at some of his results at Loretta Lynn's, and I mean, he's like a outside the top twenty guy at Loretta Lynn's in a plus class. He so. uh, he's a good dude. He just uh, it's he's sketchy out there. Uh, I'm not so, saying yeah. he's a bad dude. Yep. I'm just yep. I'm I'm commenting on his on his results. Okay, so this is this is a good question for you, two fifty class, and, and JT and I were talking about it. I think AP and AC. One lap sprinters, they got everybody in that class covered. Uh, they have raw speed, but which guy has more raw speed? Uh, Cinderella has more raw speed for sure. If you want to go one lap to one lap, yep. I think. Um, well, and the and the tough part is, do you want to go one lap to one lap in practice, or do you want to go one lap to one lap at the end of the night when the track is the most chewed up? Because I think that's two different things. I don't know. Whatever you want to track. Do. On a fresh track, Adam is faster. On a more beat track, I think AP is faster. All right. Are you excited for this weekend? Triple Crown, six main events to, to in the night show. Uh, I'm stoked. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, I picked, it's going to be awesome. I picked Brayden as an outside main event winner, um, and JT picked Barsha. One yeah, of- I'm going with JT for sure. I think Barsha can win one for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're... Maybe even. He might win the first two even. They're 8, 12, and 15. The four fifties. Yeah, I mean yeah. his uh his starts have been consistently very good so far. I uh-huh. think he's been at the front at both heat races and main events through the first two rounds. Um, and I I I'm a big preacher about starts. You know, I think it it makes everything better and easier. It's the only place you can pass the entire pack in a straightaway. So, um, Barsha's starts have been on point, and and you're gonna have to get good starts this weekend to have a chance to fight for the overall. There's just no way around it. Yeah, no, I agree. It'll be it'll be tough. Uh, and Brayton, what about Brayton? What about my pick of Brayton? Uh, I think he's good, but um, I think you know, and looking at the track map and the Anaheim dirt, um, I don't, uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I think I don't, I don't see him getting a main event right. win. I mean, he's a, he's better when the track is more difficult, when it's more rutted and t- technical. Um, I yeah, think the track's gonna be kind of fast and maybe easy. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think Barsha between the two. All right. Uh, Nick, what's going on? You want to talk about Weston Pike? Weston Pike, definitely podium. This when? Year. This weekend? or nah, This weekend, no. Okay. I think sometime this year he's getting on that box. He's pretty good. What do you think, Paul? I, I agree with it. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't agree this weekend. Typically he starts a little bit. I shouldn't say he starts a little bit back. I think he started up front this weekend. Um, but, man, Weston's been – 
been so impressive in the not just this year, but in previous years, especially the beginning of the season, the biggest thing for him is going to stay healthy to the end of the season. And if mm-hmm. he does, it'll be, you know, what was the year he got on the podium in Santa Clara, I believe, on a Yamaha. So I think a podium is coming. He has to stay healthy for sure. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nick, Nick, you want a set of uh, Pro Taper grips? You, go, you ride? Absolutely. All right. Stay on hold. ProTaper.com will give you a set of grips. Uh, you can go full waffle, half waffle, compound. Go online and, and figure out which ones you want. But Tits will get your information, all right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, just real quick, though. Uh, I know I know it's the Fly Moto 60 show here, but uh, you're Golden Knights. Way to go, kid. Uh, I like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, uh, you do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pookie. But, but Pookie, Pookie loves Knights. the Golden Knights. And, dude, what they are doing, a longtime hockey uh, reporter, a guy I really respect, uh, 30, Ferraro? 30 plus years. No, 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 not him. Uh, Bob McKenzie. Oh. 30 oh, plus sorry. years in the game. And he said it's the most amazing story he's ever seen how good the Knights are. You, so, can't, you can't disagree with that. No, I can't. It's incredible. So thanks, man. Stay on hold. Hey, thanks, Steve. All right. What do you think of the, uh, the Golden Knights' success in the NHL this year, Paul? I haven't been following it. I'm sure my dad has. But um, <laughs> it sounds like they're doing something quite special over there. <laughs> it is. Uh, Mark, what's happening? You want to talk about uh, guys going back to Florida. What's going on? What's up, Stephen Paul? It's Mark Rogers. How you doing? Hey, Mark. How are you? Oh, I know Mark. Oh, can't complain. Yeah, we know Mark. I was just sitting at my desk and saw a tweet and decided to hit play. And uh, when you were talking to JT, I don't know what it was about, but just him going to Florida, I think in the dirt. What do you guys think about, um, and I think mainly the younger guys, but flying all the way back to Florida from California after every race? I mean, the five, six-hour flight, you know, hour, two hours at the airport, time change, dirt change as well, too. I mean, I know a lot of guys do it, and mm-hmm. Carmichael probably kind of got it started however long ago just going back to base camp. But what do you guys think? Uh, I don't like it. I just spoke to somebody, and I can't remember who it was that was doing that. Was it uh, Maybe it was Chad, although he decided to stay out after, after round one. But Chad was going back and forth, and I'm like, really? Like, that's... I don't know, just because the Anaheim dirt and San Diego dirt and all that, Phoenix is, yeah. all, is all like what they ride out here. But um, I yeah. would not do that myself. If I was a manager, I would not want my rider doing that. If I was a rider, I wouldn't want to do it. But what do you think, Paul? Um, to me, I think it's a, a case-by-case thing. I think Chad's doing it because he has a, a wife and three kids at home. I think it's important for him to be at home during the week. Um, I think transitioning back and forth – uh, as far as the dirt's concerned, I don't think it's a huge deal. I, I, I honestly, I, it's to me, it's just all about comfort. I mean, if a guy thinks he's going to get more done and 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 build his kind of uh, confidence and and he, maybe he doesn't want to be seen by anybody or be around by anybody or he doesn't want to test um, because every time you're in California, you end up testing something and he just wants to do his deal. I mean, yeah. there's so many different factors I think that could play into it so i mean to me it's it's different strokes for different folks when it comes to that and then do the guys like does ac stay at mitch's house and i've seen some of the guys have places barsha got that apartment i think steve you said yamaha asked him to do that do the guys have their own places in california when they come out like even in you know december and november when they're coming out to town um some guys like uh shorty had a place in california like he bought you around chisholm's got a place in california ac's got a house some guys do the fully furnished uh uh renting that would make it easier you know um but paul you know it's kind of each guy's his own case huh yeah i mean the higher end guys have places i think i think tomac has a condo right by the cali test track um and uh, just anybody knows that's lived out of a suitcase at a hotel or, or I've visited places. And, you know, when I first visited California, I didn't really like it. 
um, because I didn't have my own place. But I think when you have your own place, it makes a big difference. So um, I think uh, I think it's important to have a place in California and now wherever you want to be based. If you know, so Tickle has two places now. Roxon has two places. Pike has two places. They all have. Yeah. But I think a big reason they're doing it, and not so much as because they have to be a certain place, they have to do it to um, for tax reasons, you know, because living in California mm, yeah. is, uh, they just spend too much. So um, when you have a place on the East Coast, um, you can save a lot of your money um, tax-wise. By yes, I forget who it was, but someone had told me they had met the deadline for filing in Florida, which is no state tax, by two days. <laughs> they like they were there for yeah, two it's days. A big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's a you know we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars swing for these guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Hope you're well. Thank you. Cool guys. See you guys. Take thanks, care. Uh, Thompson. What's up, man? How are you? What's your question for Paul Perbinos? Thompson, you there? Yeah. Sorry. What, what's up? My question. I got a two-part question. Uh, the first part is with the riders that are injured this weekend. Does this format help or hurt them? Um, I don't know if it's going to bother the shoulders being on the bike shorter, but more. And then the second part is, does Ken Roxon finally get the win because it seems like he's a better starter than Anderson? They're shorter main events. Does he redeem himself at the race he got hurt last year? What do you think, Paul? Who wins this week in 450s? Yeah, I agree with what you said. I think um, I think Roxon's the winner this weekend, strictly because what you said. I think he's going to be a guy that gets three consistent starts. His first lap speed, first opening lap speed, and ability to get to the front is is very good. Um, uh, so I think he is a winner this weekend, and I think it would be a guy uh, like uh, maybe Savachi or McElrath that wins the 250 class, or, or maybe even Cincerillo. But I, I think Cincerillo might be more prone to making making a mistake. Uh, but I, I would yeah. I would say yeah the good starters and then what was the other part of the question? Well, the guys with injuries, oh, the, well, injuries. I, yeah, yeah, to me, to me, I think if you have an injury, if you have a sore shoulder, and you go and put it through a bunch of stress in a main event, and then you you have to stop, then the pain sets in more. It's almost better to have one long main event. You get shot up with Toradol, and then you uh, you know you fight through the the, the, the shot and, and everything else. Resting and then going back out, I would think it wouldn't favor them, Paul. I agree. I think it's going to be tougher. Um, I think this is one of the. I, I believe Jake Weimer's not going to race this weekend. I haven't talked to him today, but I talked to him yesterday, and that was one of his big concerns. He's like, "Man, we're going to be riding a lot. You're going to be you're sprinting as fast as you can go, and then and then stopping and yeah. recovering quickly and going back to the line. So it's going to be a, a, a more demanding night, I think, than 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 ever. And um, and I know a lot of a lot of riders, you know. Are some of them are opposed to this because, for instance, they they feel it's it's three times the risk to them. You know, a heat race is different than a main event, and they're kind of paying paying kind of finishes that lead right. to your overall finish. You know, paying points three times. So a lot of guys are like, man, you know, this is kind of like more risk for no more reward, kind of. So yeah. I think um, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, and I I think it is gonna be harder on the shoulders for these guys. Thanks, Thompson. Thanks for being on hold. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Get. Pro Taper and Max's Tires. How's things at Pro Taper, Paul? You've got some new stuff to announce coming up soon uh, down the line. And, of course, the, you work with the Geico team and the Rockstar team and JGR. Yeah, coming up soon. So I can't I can't wait until um, you know we do the Moto 60 show before Oakland. And then after Oakland, I could really talk about everything. So we right. have some new stuff coming. I'm working on coordinating and getting all the assets to... All our all our major retailers, our international distributors, and our and our domestic sales force, uh, getting all this new product launch info out. So we have uh, we have our annual 
brand expo slash sales meeting coming up in early February with, uh, you know, we have over probably 700 dealers that attend that. So a um, lot, very, very busy time at Pro Taper always is November through, through uh, February, I'd say. Right. So, and I got some clients coming to Anaheim too, but um, I'm very excited for the racing and hopefully we can uh, right. keep the red plate in the 450 class and, and um, maybe, uh, maybe do some damage in 250 as well. Maybe you can tell Anderson he's got to go on the pulp show to use his Pro Taper products. Yeah, I'll mention it to him this weekend. Yeah, no do that. Problem. Hey, one thing we talked. About, one thing we talked about, and and Paul, you know a little bit of this behind the scenes, like I do. Um, so the agents, the, the, this this A two, this triple crown format came in. You know, just got announced, and riders are in the middle of multi year deals. Agents and riders are going to be like, hey, you have to pay me a main event win for the second main event that I won at A two, and the OEMs are like, no, we don't. And we went through this with the uh, shootout in Vegas for 250 guys and then the main events. Like, the contracts are already done. The bonuses are settled. But agents and riders are probably going to be like, wait a minute here. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure it's a bargaining point for, for many. And, you know, I can see both sides. If I'm an OEM, um, my kind of uh, response would be like, hey, there's no podium celebration after each main event. There's only one at the final, and it's only for the top three overall guys. They're not going to do a podium celebration after each main event. Right. Um, so the rider isn't going on the podium. The bike isn't going on the podium. The apparel, um, the things that are seen on the podium mm-hmm. on TV, that, that direct kind of sole spotlight, that's not going to happen three times. It's going to happen once. So yeah. That would mean my comeback. And then as an agent, I would say, well, you know, this is – you know, it's TV time. It's a chance to win a, 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 a feature race that's racing everybody. So we want to be paid for it. So you know, and yeah. you know, yeah. the OEMs will come back and say, "All right, well, if you want to pay, be paid for all three of those, we're going to take some away from, you know, what you're being paid at the the rest of the round." So I'm sure there was some oh, yeah. stuff there. And um, uh, but I'm still very happy that Feld has. Uh, I don't think they should worry about that stuff, and I think they have worried about too many things in the past. They need to do what's best for their mm-hmm. business model and, and their you know their product and, yeah. and make and you know make changes so I'm, yeah. I'm happy we have changes i'm really excited for the weekend uh seth what's happening what uh what's your question hey guys how you guys doing good how are you man oh pretty good pretty good enjoying the show here thank you guys for putting it on yeah no problem um so i was just thinking about it cooper webb justin barsha both riding the same bike for the all new 2018 but uh, some much different results between the two, maybe even backwards from what everyone thought they would be. What's your guys' take on that? Is it the bike? Is it just bad luck for Cooper? What's good luck for Justin? What do, what do you guys think? Um, yeah, I talked to some Yamaha guys, and they're a bit bummed at the magazine guys, <laughs> Chris Kiefer, and others, because they really feel like this bike, this 18 bike, is so radically different and works so good. And the magazine guys are like, yeah, it's a little better. Do you know what I mean? And Yamaha's like, what, what? A little better. Like, it's way better, you know? So, um, yeah, a little bit little bit of a – they're bummed that they think their bikes are better than it's getting credit for, Paul. Yeah, um, I uh, I got a chance to ride all the bikes, and I was not a fan of the 2017 Yamaha or the couple of versions before that, and, and I agree with Yamaha. I think they did a phenomenal job, and, and as far as uh, improvements, like, you know, when, when these bikes – when these OEMs do big – revisions you know like how honda did a revision for 17 i um when you compare like these big revisions i think they've made the biggest jump going from their older model to their new model i I love the new yamaha i think it's a great great bike so um and barsha is proving that and i think um maybe one of the reasons why 
we're seeing Barsha do well and Cooper um, kind of struggle a bit. I, I just think it's just a personal situation. I mean, Cooper, I think, was really on a roll, um, and I think he had a pretty big one two weeks before Anaheim, and that really upsets the apple cart. And then you have this guy, this fill-in guy that comes in and wins a heat race and gets on the podium, and but he's also um, hit rock bottom, and he, he's been, you know, this is all he has. He mm-hmm. has to turn around. I think Justin Barsha got a taste of, of what life um, is like when the sport forgets about you and, and you're not making all that money. And I think it, he had a really big reality check, and he's, and he's learned from it. So that's really cool to see. So um, I think it's just a – I'm a huge believer in this sport. is super, super mental. I think it's most of the – you know, 80% of the game is mental, and and uh, Cooper just has to get back on track. So um, I, I think he's fully capable of being on the podium and winning races. He just has to start taking some steps to get to that point because uh, he's kind of started out in a hole. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jeff. Good question. Thanks for listening, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So I, as yeah. you were talking, Paul, I texted an agent that we both know, and I said, uh-huh. what are they going to do about this? Because contracts are already done. And he said his guess is that the OEMs take the main events like motos and outdoors, uh, you know, moto bonuses. Maybe, yeah. So yeah. I know some contracts, you know, for instance, if you win an outdoor national, say it's 50 grand, you sometimes make more if you go 1-1. So you might make 60 grand if you go 1-1. So yeah. yep. um, I could see them doing that, you know, and, and paying overall. But if you get some moto wins, they'll they'll either treat it as a heat race bonus or a moto yeah. win bonus like an outdoor. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a happy balance, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, all right, Paul. Well, hey, thanks for the time, ProTaper.com. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at A2, man. Thank you. Yeah, can't wait. Take care, man. All right, see ya. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxxis Tires. The king uses Maxxis Tires, everybody. Thanks for the calls. I didn't get to half of my questions because there were so many calls. Appreciate it. Supercross history this Saturday night. Can't wait. We'll be here each and every Thursday talking about it. Tits? Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for everything. My pleasure. See you next week, everybody. I was born.